living in service of Stefan Osage. Welcome back to the podcast. Feels so good to be bringing you the third episode. This episode was, yeah, it was, it was a doozy. I really enjoyed it. I must say, as a discretion, that it was done via Zoom. So the quality was Zoom quality. So not the optimum quality that I've been after. Well, at least for their second episode. So that's just to bear in mind. But I was actually quite impressed with how it turned out. Um, however, yeah, what I'm going for is obviously, you know, crisp and clean. But um, yeah, this is just a heads up for there. Um, thanks to Stephen. He's a, yeah, quite a profound, beautiful man who's got a lot of wisdom a lot to offer, and this really shown through in the conversation. His answers left me really inspired, and I really hope the same for you, for those listening, that they can kind of gain something from this conversation. It was, yeah, it was it was really uh, interesting exploring this territory, the uh, t- uh, trauma and overcoming one's limited beliefs and understanding and trying to navigate what it means to be better and become a better, more powerful, impactful human in this world. I realise we didn't really cover much around this global situation we're in, which I thought was kind of, it was nice to know that we didn't have to go there. It's already been addressed so much and so inundated by the media. However, with what we covered there seems to be a real crossover and carryover from the lessons and the takeaways that Stephen presented for us that we can utilize the tools and how we overcome and how we navigate this time with the tools he provided in this conversation. So I thought I just yeah, needed to kind of add that. Yeah, I hope, hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. And thank you for tuning in. The next podcast is yeah that's going to be coming sooner than later this time this one was a bit delayed just because I'm still just yeah really trying to navigate this whole new uh, output and this new new process of yeah podcasting because it's still so new for me but anyway I'll stop rambling Uh, be well take out your notebook if you want, because uh, yeah, I'm going to be listening back to this conversation a couple times too. And enjoy. Peace and love. Well, Stephen, brother, welcome. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's, um, well, I've, well I've, how long have I, when did I, would, would have met you probably, what, 10, 10 years ago? Is that right? When you moved in to my brother. Um, 2000 and I'd say yeah a good decade I knew I was living with them anyway yeah 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 I was a young (laughs) I was a young kid then (laughs) you've changed brother you've changed shit yeah changed bro I just I just remember the the first day I saw you you were standing in the kitchen and I saw your tattoos and I was in my head like, whoa, who the fuck is that? 
<laughs> I was thinking like, wow, like what? Because I don't think I've been exposed to such exposure. Yeah. You know, like the ink, the ink's got such a, a presence and it yeah. just so adds to your your story and your character. Like even though the listeners can't um can't see it, like if you could even just explain it, because I think I'll have a I'll have a picture of you um related to the podcast. <laughs> if you could explain the text just to start off. I think you're not fascinating. Cool, cool. Okay, so they're, they're all pretty dark, pretty brutal. They came from a time when I was in a deep depression without knowing I was in depression and had like an unresolved repressed trauma that I didn't even know I had. So I went ahead and got on my right sleeve. It's a whole bunch of, it's a horror sleeve. So I've got like zombies, a guy with his face burning off, a graveyard, um, trees, zombies walking into New York City or somewhere like that, whatever my tattooist did. My left arm has got a whole arm of skulls on fire. Then up the top on my top of my shoulder, I got Auckland City burning to the ground. Um, a skeleton holding a gun, and then a raven. But the raven, the, the, these are the raven is me. I didn't know that at first, but that's my kind of like my spirit animal. That's how I, I would identify. And so my left sleeve does make sense to me now. It's almost like it was talking to me unconsciously. So. That's me, the raven, going through the underworld, which was how I used to see my the underworld of myself and when I lived in Auckland, when I was always in the space of like trauma, I guess. Mm. Or, you know, I wasn't like the most traumatized person, but I just had a lot of shit that left me in depression and like heavy anxiety and didn't know what to do other than be angry or, you know, still loving, but anger was my way to defend myself, let's say, deflect. Mm. And then I've got uh, Lucifer on my the left side of my ch uh, upper chest and Archangel Michael on the right-hand side, and they're both overlooking my heart. So that, for me, that was more intentional, that tattoo that's honoring that there's a dark side and a light side. So once I took a spiritual path when I was living in Melbourne, I was like, oh, I hung out with all these people that were like kind of heading towards just the white light, didn't want to look at any darkness because it was too painful. And I was like, yo, I'm doing both. I think there needs to be a balance between them where you at least know your darkness, integrate it, integrate your shadows, but also know the light as well. So that, that's just me and perhaps just me and my journey of like, I always had a dark side, but I've also got a light side. So making sure I keep them in balance. Mm. So St. Michael and Lucifer, you said? Yeah. yeah. They, so they came later from the sleeves. Yeah, th this is the last tattoo I got. That was in 2013. Oh, wow. It's been a while now. Yeah, look, looking to get some more soon. And then up my left leg, I've got hell. <laughs> so like right in the bottom of my foot, I've got like a pile of skulls and then a red demon coming up my shin. I've got uh, Mother Mary on the back, but she's got like tattoos and you can see her breast. <laughs> so it's not like really the Virgin Mary. And then some more demons. And then I've got the Grim Reaper up the top of my thigh and then some beasts like with a holding a human head with the severed spinal cord and oh. yeah, real dark shit man. <laughs> you're literally the physical embodiment of like non-duality like you've yeah. got this darkness yet now you're just emitting just love and yeah. self-realization and light I it's like you're meant to get those tattoos, eh? Yeah, 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 bro. And I've also got one inside my lippers. I've got you probably get to see it. it says yeah. get fucked on the inside of my lip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh, that hurt. Uh, that hurt. I've always wondered about those. Yeah, you know, like... it, it it hurt incredibly. Whoa. I just sat for three hours on the back of my leg, like getting all this like black shading done. So I was like, oh, what's another fucking five minutes of pain? But yeah, it, it healed very quick. It's kind of faded now, but yes. Yeah, I plan to get some more, plan to cover myself up. I was just like, yo, yo, hold up. But I got these all in like a short amount of time. So mm-hmm. it's enough for now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said, you, you said, what's another um, amount of pain I can draw? Do, do you feel that was why? You said earlier that you're in a deep state of depression without knowing it. Do you feel that was tied in, that this these tattoos were a way to feel, have something a bit more tangible to feel? Or... Not particularly. No, I never really like wanted to hurt myself in order to feel. I think I was feeling. I've always been quite sensitive. But the other, the other part of this is that I think this was my inner child speaking to me. That was all locked away, and all, the, all different parts of me that I had to lock away in order for me to continue on with life. That these were the kind of like speaking to me. Go, yo, this is just dark shit, or you know, maybe I was cursed. I don't know. Like whatever but they're here now i i embrace them they're all good yeah i look forward to the people seeing them because yeah they it stands out and then it's just contrasted with you and where you're at now and i think this leads really well into just the first question is like who is stephen todd Uh audience just to you know get it just cool so the the, the, the Stephen Todd that does things, I uh, do co- one-on-one coaching with people, something that I uh, took took quite a while for me to get into. I wanted to make sure I really knew myself pretty well, did some training around that. And so I do that online or in person, which is nice, like a 12-week, take pe- people through like a transformational 12-week program, which is really cool. Uh, breathwork facilitator, internationally recognized. So I used to facil- facilitate it through like Bali, uh, Australia, New Zealand, um you do group workshops which is really cool helps people just kind of breathe and heal themselves and release pent-up emotions traumas let's say or just find more find more of who they are the multi-dimensional aspect of who they are which is really cool so those that's what i'm known for that's what earns me money i guess and that that's how i help people and inspire people Um, i'd consider myself a writer in my own regard i don't I haven't really posted much in the, like the last year. This all this COVID stuff's been pretty crazy, but yeah, like, I like to write vulnerably, raw, share, just share what's going on with me, and you know, from a from a really deep, truthful place, vulnerable place, which is pretty cool. I always get good feedback with that. Mm. And then the other Stephen, I'm a cat person. Got two cats, love them to pieces. I live in Bali, uh, Indonesia. Very fortunate to be here. I made some choices a few years ago. They were not easy choices, but I quit my old life and just moved here and it's just worked. So I have a lot of freedom, freedom in my life, which is my core value as well. So that's that's very fortunate. Um, what else? I like ecstatic dance. I like watching UFC. I like Muay Thai training. Um, I'm a good friend. I'm a good lover very loyal i look after myself very well live my life by my core values as well freedom authenticity growth self-love what else yeah i'm someone who's very honest i i'm always checking in with myself to make sure that i'm the best version of myself without giving myself shit if i'm not but always checking my shadows and checking my judgments 
checking my my projections onto other people. If I judge someone, look at someone and think they're a certain way, then I would like to look backwards and <laughs> to myself and go, why the fuck have I judged that person? No, so it's good. It's good. I've got a good sense of humor as well, even though like I, I live in Ubud and Bali, so it's like a lot of light light workers and uh, all these fucking shaktis and shivas and all these things. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So I've still kept my sense of humor, even though I find that the, the, some of these spiritual crowds, there's not a lot of sense of humor. It's all seriousness and trying to deal with this shit by putting on a public persona, which I, I don't I'm not like that. I'm just me. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a bit of an introduction, I guess. Yeah, yeah cool. Well, I'd like to kind of deepen that. Um, well, f- firstly, actually, you mentioned values. Like, I think that's something that's something for me personally, as I've started to really shift is how integral core values are and like where you align with core values. So when you kind of, was that something in your process of becoming where you're at now? Was that something that really became solidified and clear for you first? Or is this something that as you started to transition into your path, that your core values started to manifest themselves? Or was it a bit of both? Yeah, good, really good question, Brian. It's, it's the latter. It's, it's a bit of both. So I once I, I started doing these trains like breathwork coaching, you know, I really wanted to get some grounded experience or you know like for someone to train me so then i can facilitate i know i had lots of skills and gifts that i can share but i wanted from a grounded place you know like a very structured place so it was within yeah it was quite a few years ago now when i was doing some coaching training and it was like one part of it was like what are your core values and i was like what the fuck are my core values and then i like i went through that like really studied them and i was like okay these are my ones and i'm gonna make sure i'm living by them and i was to the most part anyway so therefore my life was flowing and i was like growing and i was relatively happy with the way my life was heading because i was they were based on my values which was freedom authenticity growth truth and like self-love but it was i was living by them anyway so i was quite fortunate i was like okay i'm on the path here and i this is something i definitely it's the one of the mandatory primary things and like if i'm good to take somebody through like a coaching journey is like what are your core values? You must, you must know them and live by them. Otherwise, you're living by somebody else's values or what somebody else has told you to live. And then it, it's not in congruence with who you are. And then you know, a little bit of resentment can come through or you're just out of alignment. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, kind of, yeah, I agree with that so much and it resonates with me so much. It's quite uncomfortable way eh? because you're, you're having to really like look in the mirror in order to, come to grips with those values i found that's what i've found mm. Mm. Um, you're out of alignment with them you know like uh, it's really fascinating to see when when i send out like a questionnaire and work in with my clients to see that where they're not living by them but then you can see where they're having their troubles as well or where they're like wanting to grow they inherently i think i believe we know them our soul or our heart knows these values our virtues that we want to live by you know everybody's different everybody's got different values but it's interesting to see where if, if they're out of alignment and not really fully knowing why then we like hey let's look at you know you at least your top three to five values of what you truly value and intuitively inherently in your heart value in life and then we can see where that imbalance generally is i mean there's a lot more to it than that but it's yeah yeah that's the, like the fundamentals uh, uh, yeah. to, to live a good life what would be a process to, in order to really come to terms with your values? 
I think uh, you'll probably find some something on Google or something like that. There'll be some questions or someone perhaps on a blog or something like that where you just sit down and you read that there's a list of probably, I think how many of mine, like over a hundred different like authenticity, uh, integrity, uh, adventurousness, freedom. Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's so many, I, I can't even think because there's so many, but it's, then it's just to sit down and perhaps get 10 like go through all of them and just write them down 10 to 15 of them go through and just look, 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 write that one down, write that one down. And then when you got like, yeah, let's, let's say 10 to 15, then you really look at them and you get, this is an, it's almost intuitive. It's like a knowing as opposed to what you think they should be, because, you know, a lot of thinking can be conditioned from outside instead of inside, you know, what, what you truly want in life. And then, yeah, just, just narrow down, narrow down. And sometimes it was a little bit tough for me the first time I did it because then I was like, but put freedom at the top, but I like this one too. And this one, and this one is like, well, you know, just, just, just get tighter and tighter to you. You can, perhaps you could live by more than three to five, but I, I really like to hone in on three because then underneath that, I've got a client at the moment. He, his top one is integrity, but that's an umbrella for loyalty, honesty, truthfulness. So those are three values as well, but then integrity is on top of that. So they, they each mean something different to everybody. Freedom to me is going to mean something different to you if freedom's your value as well yeah yeah so really um for those listening in like a real good practice would almost be just to sit with yourself clear the space get into a real sound environment sound mind probably be in a space where you're not angry i imagine and then just write just write without without any uh i guess like resistance or resentment or any like even trying to remove the ego that's a pretty big word, so I won't say that. Just to kind of write write down intuitively and really just feel and don't have any judgment. Whatever comes to the paper, just let it be. And then from there, come back to it. I like how you said the first time. I think that's something that I've even come to realize is that it's not something that you find out your values. Oh, you know your values. It starts a process. And yeah. sometimes your values today might change in six months. However, where you were six months prior was exactly where it was in that time. And that was where you needed to be in that time. So almost sitting down and just, and just really just intentively and letting go in a way, you're almost letting go, but just writing in that process. And you can kind of start to come to that. Would that, would that be something intuitively that you, how you'd kind of approach it? I guess everyone's different, but that sounds kind of what I'm yeah. grabbing from me. Totally, bro. There's, de there's definitely a way as well as, you know, like the journaling and just, just being real, just almost like automatic writing. Um, perhaps, perhaps having a list of different values, you know, they, they might not all be yours or, the, you know, the person looking, but you can at least then pick from them as well and sit with them and you, you'll just see them on, you see them on a list and go, oh, that feels good. Or you'll scan past like 10 of them that, that, that are not, you know, and I'm sure it'd probably be pretty easy to find on google you know some some, yeah. some some coaching page or something where there's a here's a list of core values or virtues you know so yeah and then just as in like what i mean by as intuitive is that it's like when you're looking at them you'll feel it you'll feel oh, i need that one that's that's one of mine and then you just have to hone in more and more and then and then that's where the intuitive writing will come in as well because then it's like okay freedom what does freedom mean to me how does how why 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 am i really into freedom or 
integrity what does integrity mean to me how do i like want to hold myself you know and, so, and then it's yeah then it's just based on the individual everybody's different when it comes down to it but it's definitely like a fundamental to live a, a life in alignment i believe anyway yeah so obviously for you to have got here it didn't start as we started off with the tattoos <laughs> i'd love to kind of get a bit of a canvas your story with a bit of the, the back end you know the start let's call it the start like what, what was it that brought you to where you are? Like, and, and what was the process to get there? You know, how did it, how did it begin? You know, when, when I, I guess prior to starting the process of, of let's say healing and, and coming more into terms with who you are just before that, what was, what was it, what was it starting off like for you? You know, what did you endure? What did you come across? What, what did you have to encounter? What, yeah, no, no, good, good, good question. <clears throat> so for me, I was living in Melbourne. It was 2009, I think it was. I a, and I once I had a girl, I got a girlfriend. She was really awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then once I started to love her, that's when all these issues came up. All these issues, it was like a different part of me came online. I was like, oh, what the fuck? I started like getting angry and I, I became emotionally abusive towards her when I was drunk. And... Um, and I started to look at that and I was like, oh, then I wake up in the morning and I was so sorry and I'd cry and all sorts. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Where'd that come from? And then it kept happening. And then I was like, wow, now my friends were starting to look at me and go, bro, what's wrong with you? It wasn't because it wasn't every weekend, but it happened more and more. And I was like bashing myself up thinking, what the wow, what's going on here? And then what I, what I came to realize is that I was afraid of her abandoning me. Or reject and i hated rejection i've got a whole big story, backstory on rejection as well so i would take it out on her because i didn't like the feelings that was generated within me and because i was very sensitive and without knowing i was sensitive i was very like my fears were right there on the surface but i was trying to act all tough and all that had this persona over me and all sorts and i was like there was a threat of her leaving me and then what that really came down to is i was abandoned I'm a father when I was young, like four and a half. I say it's abandonment, you know, that this he left when I was about four and a half and didn't never really saw him again. Saw him a few times here and there, and then I saw him when I was in my 30s. So I grew up without a father, and they gave me a bit of a complex. And what else? Oh, there's a, there's a few different pieces to it that I that was it was very a lot of it was very repressed. Mm. I think the the love and abandonment and like abuse was all mixed up into in my head, like it was like I can just if, if, if my feelings are hurt because my girlfriend would do like she wanted to go off and do drugs and I didn't want her to because that was like her leaving me in a way like there's so then I would get angry and I'd I'd get upset and say something to her and then just cause a fucking mayhem and then feel shit about it the next day so that was the that was the start of me going yo okay this is the same I'm trying to change the outside world so I don't have to feel certain feelings trying to control the outside world. And I'll tell you what, it takes a lot of energy trying to control someone, trying to control a woman who fundamentally wants to be free and wanted me to be free, yet trying to control her so I don't have feelings come up that I don't like because I was unaware of my own abandonment wounds, let's say, you know, I didn't know what it was. So yeah, that, that, that was the start of me looking at it and not even looking at it, just like doing the same thing over and over and over again. Then one night I got really drunk I took lots of ketamine and then went in the K-hole, <laughs> came out, got arrested, and then <laughs> got back home. I, when I came out of the K-hole, I was very jealous of my girlfriend at the time, like her ex-partner, who was also in our group of friends. And 
I, I, a week leading up to that, I was really jealous of him. I came out of nowhere and I was like, fuck, 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 because I felt so insecure and like unworthy and I had all the things, you know, all the things that just make someone feel like shit and depression and all this stuff. So, and then I came out of the K-hole and I was at this party and then I looked up, the first thing I saw was my girlfriend and her ex-boyfriend talking and it just Whoa. like, I just exploded and I was just like, caused a bit of a ruckus. I can't fully remember what happened. And then next thing I went outside after the party, got arrested, sitting in the cells, angry, got out of the cells. This is a Melbourne city and then went home. Everyone was part, all my friends were partying in my house, in my garage, because I lived with a couple of other friends. And then I walk in, the first thing I see was my girlfriend sitting next to her, her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> so I went straight up and booted him in the face. I just like, like assaulted him. And then I was going to beat up his mate and stuff. And it was, it was, yeah, it was bad. It was bad, bro. And I was in that, within that ruckus that I like had the split second of consciousness. And this is a story I tell everybody where I was like, it's like God or my higher self or something was like, you need to change. And then boom, and then I went straight back into causing a disharmony and all the rest of it. And then that, that was the calling for me. Well, heavy. And then what? So from, from there, I, I doubt it just kind of ended there, right? Like, no, no, no. That, that, that was like the spark of it. That was the spark, eh? Hey? That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, it's heavy. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's 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 just classic the classic archetypal story of the hero's journey yeah. like you know that process and then you know there's a lot of resistance that's always something that comes up there's always that resistance and then there's the calling the call to the journey the call to the adventure yeah. and then there's the unwillingness and the not wanting to go there and it sounds like that little split moment it's like nah but then when did that when did that spark come back again when you had that moment of you know, God, your highest consciousness, whatever that may have been, did that begin to, did you kind of like consider that moment? Like, hmm, what was that? Like days after? Or was it another event that triggered it? And then from there, it was just too loud to ignore. And then from there, you started to, hmm, holy shit, start to put things together. I'm just trying to contextualize it for, for the listener, you know, because it's... Good shit, bro. Yeah. Please ask away, ask anything yeah. about the book, bro. Um, so I'm very proactive and I, and I, I, I really took to this. So like four days, four or five days later, I was in the office of a counselor. I found a counselor down the road. And I was like, if I started talking to a counselor and I was like, wow, okay. The first what session. Brought you to the counselor? What brought you to the counselor? I was what just was like, I, that's the first thing I think I thought oh, I, wow. I, I, needed. I was like, okay, I need help. I'm going to reach out for help. And I just found this dude down the road. It was a counselor, just like, like, walking i think it was almost walking distance from my house i can't remember now but and um, yeah the first session i just sat down and i told him what's going on and the session was an hour i probably spent 50 to 55 minutes there bawling my eyes out i think it was the first time wow. i actually really acknowledged that i didn't have a, have a father and like i could always talk about it. i could joke with my mates and go yeah i've got repressed anger because i didn't have a father but then uh, to sit down in front of somebody who actually cares and who's trained to to help somebody through their problems or their processes i was like wow even he i think he didn't really know what to do at first it was just i was i think i was like 27 at the time and i was just the first time i would properly cried and probably ever yeah i think i cried pre previous to that but not many times so that was like letting the cork off the bottle so that my having no father was kind of like the top there's other layers to it as well but that was the one that i could first look at anyway so I spent, I spent quite a bit of time there, nearly a year, going there weekly. 
Um, admittedly, not a lot changed, but my ability to become vulnerable and be vulnerable in front of another person and speak about my feelings and my emotions and, you know, show them at times was uh, really, it was a really great gift. But what, what, it, what it hadn't done for me is kind of moved some of those really stuck repressed traumas or these, these memories or these feelings that I hadn't, I didn't even know were there really. Or there was like a little window opening of a memory, but nothing that I was willing or able or understanding of how to go into at that time. So yeah, it was, it was, it was nice to sit there and talk. Um, yeah, but then I was still doing the same shit, you know, to, but getting more awareness, getting more vulnerability, at least investing in myself to change. And that, that was a big step for me. How long were you seeing this counselor for? And then how long was it that you realized like, fuck, nothing's happening here. Like I, I, I need more, like I need more here, you know? Uh, yeah, good, good question. It was probably nearly a year. And then at one point I was like, oh, wow, yeah. 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 Like, it's going yeah legit. Weeks. And mm. yeah, you know, I, I'm determined, bro. You know, I was like, fuck, I want to find out. I want to figure myself out, you know, and at least I was trying, you know. And then at one day I came to this realization. I was like, maybe I need to learn how to forgive my father. And now I'm at a place where I don't believe I need to, but at that point I was like, fuck, I need to release this charge or this persona that I put over myself and being angry for not having a dad. And um, the, the counselor straight out said to me, he was like, I don't think I can help you with that. And I was like, oh, like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, okay, I'll go look for something else then. And then I looked up this, it's called natural therapy pages. So it's like this where people have offer holistic alternative medicines and stuff like that. And I found this modality called theta healing. So it's like a spiritual healing modality, but you just talk and use muscle testing and tap into somebody's subconscious mind and get to the core beliefs of someone who thinks they like the operating system of the brain, the mind, let's say the subconscious mind. You know, I did a couple of sessions with, with, with this lady, two Fridays back to back. And it just like really cracked me open into a whole other world. And I was like, yo, and she gave me this book called You Can Heal Your Life it's by Louise Hay. She's like the kind of like the, the godmother of self-help, the self-help industry. And I, I read that book and I was just blown away. I read it in like a week, a week and a half. And I was like, what the fuck? I've lived in this little tiny box where you don't ask questions. You go to work. You go out on the weekends, you get drunk, you fight, you do whatever you want, then you go back and do the same thing. And then I was like, yo, there's like spirituality. There's all these other things out there in the world that I just, I just had no idea. Seriously, no idea whatsoever. It just blew my mind to pieces. And I'd shifted some beliefs. So I was like seeing the world differently. And I remember one of my mates is like, bro, you've changed a bit. What's going on? And I, I, I can't <laughs> remember my mind. I was just like... I was I was just about to ask that. Uh, surely your friends must have been noticing, like, fuck, man, Stephen's, like, different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slowly but surely, bro, it's been, it was a long yeah. time for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I found Theta Healing and then just went went further into it. I spent a bit of time with that teacher. I learned how to do it myself to help other people and yeah, um, learn some other, like, just kind of eventually I became a, more happier with myself and I broke up with my partner and kind of walked away not walked away from my friends but I, I stepped back and went into another 
society whereas all these like people you know i guess you classify them as hippies or you know light workers all these names and terms people use these days um and started hanging out with these people and that was really fascinating and that was like i was just starting to get to meet new people with different perspectives on life and people who are like doing work on themselves and offering healing work and musicians and all sorts of stuff so just yeah, that, I guess that that was me shifting my vibration in a way from just working, yeah. drinking on the weekends and then doing the same thing over and over. And it wasn't like I was fighting every weekend, you know, lots of good times as well. But it, it's, yeah, yeah, then I just uh, just carried on going. So that was probably around 2011, 2012, and then just carried on my merry way. Mm, and then you got the ta tattoo, the last tattoo. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, exactly, bro. Because that's when I was like yeah. looking wow. at shit. I was looking yeah. at shadows, and I was like, "Yo!" Then I was hanging hang out with the, like the hippie crowd, and they're all like just chasing white light and not wanting to look at their darkness. And here I am, kind of doing both. And I was like, "Wow, I don't think I belong here either." Like I, I saw, you know, I used to hang around some people that would would fight and do shit every now and then and naughty things, and yeah. yet I found more darkness in the the hippie scene than there was with in this other scene where it would be considered on on paper probably more darker but it was I, I this when i found the term spiritual bypassing i didn't know what it was at first but i was like why are all these people walking the talk but they're not really actually doing what they say they're going to they're talking about it but not doing it and you know can you explain spiritual bypassing so spiritual bypassing is a like i'll say it in my own words it's when somebody acts or looks a certain way especially spiritual but i think there's all there's many different ways of bypassing as well but spiritual bypassing is quite popular especially from the scenes that i've I, the networks i'm in so it's looking the part talking the part of like yeah let's heal or i'm doing the healing work or i'm withdrawing my projections or the the way i hurt people or the rest of it but they're not actually doing that they just look the part they walk the part and then they they just brush away any pain or anything. It was like someone mistreats them. Oh, or someone, or they steal or someone steals from them. Oh, no, no, that, that's okay. That's just the universe's plan or something like that. And it's like, yo, what the fuck was that? Why are you not dealing with your shit, dealing with your projections, judging somebody, you know, all the rest of it. And so it was, I hope I'm doing a good job of explaining it, but it's really somebody who's pretending to be the part of like an enlightened person or someone who's, doing the work and like can walk it or looking like they're walking it, they're talking it, they dress like it, but they're not actually in there doing the self-reflection. And I understand why, because sometimes it's painful to look at your own shit, especially if it's to do with somebody hurting you in the past or something. So hope I did a good job of explaining it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of what we're talking about with the values. So if you don't almost know your values, you're almost going to constantly spiritual bypass because you've got probably one, uh, aspect of yourself where you feel is like, yeah, I've got this tight. And then as you said, that example, someone steals, oh, it's just the universe where it's like, nah, your values are actually, what what, what could it be? It could be fortitude, you know? And yeah. the, the, you're just completely neglecting that and letting that kind of bypass. Yeah. I, I understand. It's interesting. It's a, I've, I've heard the term, but hadn't really um, heard it in that context, but it makes sense. So you almost having to expose yourself and having to dissect situations that cause discomfort or situations where you're looking at and you're trying to not get too attached to it. You're almost having to like come to a position where like, no, I should actually really analyze this. Even though I feel that I'm 
all good with it. There's actually a part of me that feels there needs to be some inspection here, some introspection here. Totally, bro. And it's just like brushing off the things that are too hard to look at or the painful things. Yeah. But then looking, this is where it's a spiritual vibe. I guess it almost sounds a bit judgmental, but it's like when it's like, you don't want to look at it, just brush it off and put some other term on it. It's like, oh, it's like God's plan or this or that. And it's like, but this is the pattern that's going on in your life over and over and over again. And you're making excuses for it, but then acting like nothing's wrong. I was like, but it is. Stop fucking, you know, underneath, I can I can see you fucking gritting your teeth and your jaws tight. Your jaws, you know, you just can see it. So anyway, each to their own, you know. Please don't I, I judge me into it. It's just like I got I got a really I got a really good look at it when I stepped into a particular scene when I was in Melbourne. I was like, yo, fuck, this ain't me either. I'm like doing this work, I'm investing in myself. And you know, I, I get it, man. You know, it's like the amount of protection one can put over their own trauma or their own insecurities is like monumental at times and it's because then we make a persona a personality out of it and then it just takes a lot of a lot of time and effort and you know to deconstruct and to be able to face and own take responsibility for you know life for the things that have happened and own it and forgive who you need to forgive instead of like just hiding from it Mm. Mm. So you 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 you've said the word a few times now trauma. Yeah. Um, something that I've come to grips with is that you can't judge or can't compare anyone's trauma. Anyone's trauma relative to them is 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 trauma. Like some person's trauma could be when they were eight, their dad swiped them or their dad took a toy from them while they mid mid play just immersed in this toy castle and now playing with it and the dad took it that could leave them traumatized for the rest of their life or someone could be abused someone could be uh yeah like yeah abused and then they're obviously completely different but that those two individuals are going to carry that trauma with them i'm intrigued with that in mind like how do you kind of describe trauma like to you what does that mean to you in a way, I can't, I can't describe them, but for you yourself, like how, how can you like describe trauma and its processes? And then to piggyback that question is if you are to realize it, how do you begin to reconcile it? How do you begin to come at peace with it? Which is the million dollar question I feel for a lot of people. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. These are really good deep questions. So we might take a bit of time to dive into these. Yeah. Then- so, so, so yeah, my, my, my version of trauma, there's a shock trauma and developmental trauma. And sometimes the, the shock trauma is when something happens, like when you get slapped over by a parent or something like that. It's just boom in that moment. Or some of it can be if you have like a narcissistic parent or someone who, a controlling parent, let's say, and you're a young child, and then they just like mold you into what they want you to be day in, day out. And because we're attached to our parents, then eventually over time we lose a sense of self the sense of self is based upon somebody else somebody else's reality that we've had to live under and that's and time then because it gets locked in time especially the you know the first seven years of our life we're still in a theta state so therefore we're taking everything in around us and that that develops how we're going to see the world so if you live in harmony then you're probably going to feel quite harmonious within yourself for those after those seven years but if you live in a household where there is you know nobody's perfect man everybody's got their shit no 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 parents perfect 
they all make mistakes. But if you live in a really abusive household, then that's all going to be locked up in your body and your mind. And then you know, we'll end up creating a personality around that to not have to feel those feelings, to not have to feel those pains or those beliefs. I, I, I'll give firsthand experiences as I speak about this. It might be a bit more relatable. But, yeah, essentially what I believe trauma is, is where we get stuck in time, whether that's through, you know, like a, having been raped or beaten up or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, then that, that we freeze. It kind of gets frozen in our body and our nervous system. And then because we're, we're creatures of survival, we'll just have to kind of shut that off, put that aside and then just carry on surviving because the body, all it wants to do is survive and come back to homeostasis. But there seems like there's a, there's a fault in our nervous system or something because you'll see like a gazelle after a lion's chased it and it didn't catch it. It'll run, run away and then it will shake off it'll like tremor. That's them tremoring out the shock out of their nervous system. But they don't have a rational, logical mind like we do. So they're just in tune with nature. So as humans, then we don't have the ability to do that, especially as children. We don't have coping mechanisms. We don't have the tools to deal with, you know, someone mistreating us or somebody trying to dictate their reality and put it on us and, and make us believe what they believe. You know? So I believe it gets stuck in the body. It gets stuck in time. It gets stuck in the emotions, gets stuck in your meridian system as well. You know, anybody who's done acupuncture before and see you can loosen things off and then it becomes part of the mind but it's in the back of the mind where we can't find it some of it goes deeply unconscious you know, so we've got the conscious mind and from what i understand then we've got a subconscious mind which is like you know you can drive a car you don't have to think about it and then there's the unconscious which then just gets lodged at the back of the psyche and we know you know the dragon in the cave as jordan peterson talks about you know the, you and i discussed this uh, uh, previously so and then what i what i believe happens i'll go with this and i'll, I'll give first-hand experiences of my own stuff so we then take them on as beliefs that are like the world is unsafe or i must please people so i don't get hit sort of thing you know like then we go out in the world and we're trying to avoid the one thing that we need to feel in order to become free because it's stuck it's stuck in the body and people will spend their whole life on on a on a trauma and it, like you said it can be a, a dad coming along and fucking ripping a toy out of your hand and then and then because we're so complicated us humans at that little five-year-old boy had that happen then when he's 25 30 comes to a coach or a breath work or something he's like, i feel really unworthy all the time and then he'll go back to that memory with his dad yanking the fucking transformer out of his hand what gi joe whatever it is and then he'll remember it's like oh i'm not worthy of love because the what that one experience meant you know just being mistreated like that or alternatively, you know, like being, I'll, I'll share a couple of my own experiences that which, which really developed me into believing who I thought I was. And one of them was obviously my, my dad was not around for long. I was four and a half and he left. Um, and then I, for the next rest of my life, I had my mother telling me he's evil and bad. So I never really got a, a, an opportunity to, to find out who he really was. And I never really saw him anyway. So that's the developmental. Yeah, that's the developmental for sure. Yeah. Um, then there was a period of time once my dad had left, my mum was stressed the fuck out. I think she did get quite mistreated by my father. It was an abusive household. And you know, a lot of this, I've, I can't even really remember. I think I didn't want to remember it. So I was a, quite a naughty kid. I think I was still looking for my mum's attention. So I'd be naughty. And I'd like hit my younger sister, who's two years younger than me. Or I'd mistreat her. 
And then there was a, it was a period of time. I can't remember how long it was, but my mum would, she was a, like hitting me. She was hitting me to hurt me. Like with, it was malicious intent to hurt me. And she would chase me to my room, put me in my room. She would slap me around and then call me names, say certain, I can't remember, like you fucking little cunt or, you know, whatever it was. And then I'd be sitting in the room, bedroom alone, crying. I didn't have a, I thought I was unlovable. I shamed myself for my dad leaving. I took it upon myself. Like he left because I wasn't good enough. So then I'm sitting in the room thinking my mom doesn't love me. So, and I'm sitting in that room for like half an hour, with a sore ass, crying, having been called names. And that was because my mom, she was stressed out. So she would, would take that out on me for, you know, because I was naughty, let's say. So over time that happened, I can't remember how long it happened for, but eventually I, I took on the belief that I'm a bad kid. I'm not worthy of love. And then therefore I would take that out into, into life. And then every time I had a girlfriend, I felt unworthy because I thought I'd and remember like, this is not the full truth. My mum was good to me as well, but the, I'm, I'm sharing the traumatic parts of this is like my mum was, you know, she's a pretty good mum, like a solo mum. She did her very best, man. There was, but it was, I was very young when these things happened. So it really shaped my reality, imprinted my psyche. So then therefore I spent a majority of my life feeling like a bad kid, like a bad person, unworthy. I'd get into a relationship with a woman. And if she ever got angry or anything like that, I would freak the fuck out. I would get angry back. And because I had been abused when I was young, like I spent, spent like a our house, I was a little bit alternative. Let's say there's lots of swearing and abusing in there. So I, I would then abuse my girlfriend so this is like tracing it back because I, I, if somebody hurts your feelings and you abuse them i'd hurt my mom's feelings so she'd abuse me and hit me fortunately i never hit my girlfriends but so i took that out and then i felt like a bad person all the time so then to counteract that i'd become the nice person which is not truly who i am either so people wouldn't think i'm bad and not like me so then I had these two opposing polarities within me. So that, that, that's kind of developmental in a way, developmental trauma, let's say, because it was, I felt so bad about myself, unworthy, took that throughout most of my life without knowing it. It was just imprinted over me. And then I would also act bad quite often because I fundamentally believed I was a bad person. So then I would just fucking do the one thing that I, I knew I was, and I'd be bad and I'd like break things or sometimes hurt people, hurt people's feelings. And then create the one feeling I didn't want to feel, which was the rejection, you know, having sit in the bedroom, slapped up, name called, feeling rejected. But then I'd create situations because I believed I was bad. So then I, therefore people would reject me. It's almost like I was trying to recreate, trying to feel the original feeling that I didn't want to feel, which was created when I was very young that I had to kind of cut myself off from when I was in the bedroom. So it's, it's, it's kind of complex in a way, but this, this is the stuff that I studied within myself and really broke free from. And now I'm like a very different person. Yeah. So that to me is developmental. I hope I did a good, a good enough job of explaining that. Very, very yeah. good. And then there's the free, frozen trauma, the freeze response. Yeah. And this happened, uh, there was a female caregiver, not my mother, somebody else. I, I, I would have been, I was under the age of seven. It's a, it's a memory I definitely not having because I've had to go through fucking so many processes to clear it out of my body. But uh, this female jumped into bed with me and molested me. And so for that, that's frozen trauma because that was like just one act. She came in, acted all nice and then did what she did, played played with me. And then I like, it, if, <laughs> there's so many layers to that because I spent a lot of my life also feeling guilty or guilty around sexuality because it felt good when this 
when this person touched me. So I had to block that away. And then um, also that, yeah, like coming back to the freeze response, it was like when that happened, because somebody else, another human being has overtaken me and done something to violate my boundaries, let's say, without me knowing it was a boundary at that time. But I then took that with me too. So I had insecurities with sexuality. I thought sex was had to be done in secrecy. All these things really mixed up in my head. You know, I took that with me as well into adulthood. And eventually I'd break free of that when I had to go back and feel the intensity of it, of some another human being like overtaking me and doing something to me while I was young and helpless. And but otherwise, before I did that, I was just frozen in time. That aspect of me, that part of me, let's say, that experience, I kind of had to like, oh, okay, fuck, that's too much for me to handle. I don't know what to do with that. That's wrong. So then it's like I split that off from who I am and just send that to the back of my psyche as well and then carried on. It doesn't go away though. None of these experiences go away. Me getting slapped up or, you know, somebody else having the transformer taken out of the hands. It doesn't get taken away until we have to go back. Perhaps we have to go back and look at it and make sense of it, make it feel it if it needs to be felt or at least have a look at it and understand that it was, it had an impact later on in life. You know, it, it made us believe who, who we are made me believe who I am that murky fucking having sex and thinking I'm unworthy of it and abusing my girlfriends and all sorts of shit. It was like from these experiences I had when I was very young, the shape the, to, to me, that's trauma. That's my, that's my story of traumas anyway, that I really shaped me and I acted them out time and time again. So I was a bad person, do stupid shit. Had a really crap sex life. Most of my life I'd have like one night stands and want to get the fuck away from them because I was afraid of intimacy and all sorts of stuff. So really mixed, mixed up abuse, sexuality, love, everything was all mixed up in my head. Yeah. Fuck, bro. Well, thanks for sharing that. It's heavy. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's so, it's, it just seems like evolutionarily, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's essentially a defense mechanism, it sounds like, what trauma is. But it's like, what the fuck? Like, why is it that it needs to be revisited? Why the fuck does it need to be that we need to integrate that? Why can't we just be the gazelle and just, you know, just shake it off? It's And, and this is kind of leads into my question is like, what when it comes to not even knowing that you're traumatized, yet how can you even reconcile trauma that you don't even know you have? This is something that I've really meditated on because there's situations I have with people or events or circumstances I'm in. And then, you know, a certain bodily reaction, I'm like, I I try and speak that. Usually I tend to just breathe through it and, or my, I could say I spiritually, I spiritually bypass it. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of breathe through and like, oh yeah. But then there's a part of me that's like, man, why, why is that come up? Is there something in this situation? But there's times where I'm like, man, how, how can I even know? Where does it even begin? Is it one of those situations where it's just got to come up? But I can't help but think that nah, there's got to be a system or there an approach to it, like. Do you, do you find that there's a real approach to really um, sit with self and kind of go through, almost going through an inventory? 
through your body, through your, through your timeline and trying to dissect events and epochs in your life. But I still can't help but shake. Like how, how do you know when, if you don't even know you're traumatized? Yeah. 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 It's, it's a hard question, bro, but like, I'm just, uh, it's, I've got, I've got, I feel like I've got a good answer for that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, 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 you know, a lot of what we speak about, I speak from my own experiences and how I, how I see, you know, somebody else could say something slightly different, but this yeah. is what's worked for me and what I've through my own studies and stuff. So I, I really follow Carl Jung's theories of the individuation, Carl Jung, like the godfather of like analytical psychology. And he believes that the psyche, the individual, the being wants to become whole again, you know, because we, you know, we all have experiences. No, I don't think anybody gets away from having some sort of experience as a young child that will affect them as an adult. You know, that, that's just part and parcel. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's almost, it's just what it is. It's part of being a human, I believe, but we do want to become whole. So his theory is that then you must integrate your shadows integrate your shadow into conscious awareness so therefore it never has the charge it doesn't have the charge over you anymore it's still part of who you are but you make a different choice and the organism always wants to come back to let's say love i believe your organism as in the the individual wants to come back to love that's what i believe and fundamentally what he believes as well and so i think that the first step is to get real and honest with yourself you know perhaps like i i did when i i had this spark of consciousness when i'm kicked my ex-girlfriend's or my my girlfriend's ex-partner in the face you know i could just keep going around doing that shit all day if i want because i can blame everybody else for my feelings but it's not going to get me anywhere you know any more of that and i wouldn't end up in jail and this this is the the lack of awareness we have around this you know like trauma and what it actually does to people and you know even trauma is such a hard word you know it's, it can mean yeah. something. it's loaded it's like much like god in a way yeah. almost it's it loaded yeah, most definitely. And the so what comes to me is that you've got to be radically honest with yourself, you know, and, and just just own if you're judging somebody or if you're projecting and making somebody else wrong, you know, perhaps they are wrong, perhaps they like fucking stole your car or something like that. But if it's something that generates a feeling within yourself that is uncomfortable and you want to blame somebody else for it. There's a golden opportunity when you feel that feeling. As long as they're not crossing your boundary. If someone's crossing your boundary, then of course, you know, you have every right to feel angry and put a boundary up. But if it's an insecurity or something or just a feeling that you don't like feeling because of the way somebody's being, then there's a golden opportunity to open the door into your unconscious or into yourself to start looking and go, oh, take responsibility and start asking questions. Yeah. And just go, well, what part am I playing in that? What part am I playing in this, this feeling that's generated in me? Perhaps it's not this person in front of me. I'm 30 years old and this person's just shut the door the wrong way or something and I want to fucking rip their head off. What does that actually mean? You know, I'm just, just giving, giving, giving an example. And it's like, then when, once you start looking and if you're, if, you're, if you're strong enough and you're ready and you feel safe within yourself, then perhaps you can start to reflect back and go, oh, okay you might get to the answer of, well, when I was a young kid and I shut the door the wrong way, I got threatened or I got my toys taken off me. You know, whatever it is, you know, there's always some sort of story behind it. So therefore, I, I don't like that feeling. So therefore, I'm now acting that out upon somebody else and making their life miserable because of a feeling I don't like within myself. So 
all in all, coming back to it, I think it's about taking responsibility, saying everything in your outside world is, is your responsibility to see what you can do about it. Some things are unavoidable and uncontrollable, but you can still control how you feel about it. But it's uh, that that's a doorway into like starting to look at your traumas. There's obviously like you can do like breath work. You know, I'm a breath work facilitator. If you're willing to invest in yourself, get yourself a good therapist, a coach, or go to some workshops, you know, find, find uplifting people that, you know, supportive people, people you can talk to and just help help unpack and learn how to be vulnerable. You know, that there's a there's an element of vulnerability that one has to go into if they want to kind of let, let the layers down of the protection they have over their own traumas and, and of their personality and be willing and courageous enough to look at the fact that they might have to change who they are. You know, the ego, the ego is like happy as it is. So no, no, I know everything. Everything's familiar. I'm all good the way I am. You know, even if I, I'm angry, I'll fucking hit people who do this and I get upset at this, but that's familiar to me. It says the ego. So then you have to really find, if you want to deal with your traumas, then you got to find that strength and that courage and that consciousness, the spark of consciousness to go beyond that. And it's, it's, it's not easy because we, we don't have enough awareness around. We haven't been educated around this sort of stuff. You know, it's like, hopefully someday soon they might start adding this into like curriculum at intermediate school or high school or something, you know, just to have an awareness around it because nobody's perfect nobody's got a perfect home no and that's, that's fine man. you know we understand life happens yeah it ties in so much because i just had a little um it just kind of sparked my brain just prior to the conversation about um suicide and how i can't help but think that there must be a direct correlation to the suicide rate and unresolved trauma and then i dug a bit deep but deeper and the statistics of New Zealand, and then the statistics of the men, and then the statistics of the 15 to 25-year-olds is the highest. And I'm like, holy fuck, man, that says so much because that's the time of development where we're so immature, so naive, um, but then we're also probably the most traumatized too, and it's probably the most unresolved, and we've got no... In the, ability to be able to process it and to understand it because we haven't got the emotional vocabulary the spiritual understanding we didn't even really know who the heck we are at that time shit 25 that was only me last year i'm only really starting to understand myself now and to think last year it's like okay i was 25 between that age and 15 i look at the rates and i'm like man there's there's got to be a correlation and as you said including in the curriculum would probably be the most suitable way. But then it just comes back again to the question I asked is like, how do you know when you don't even know? And that's like the thing that just leaves me is how do you know your house isn't in order when you've got no context? How do you know that the way you, you dress isn't presentable when you haven't really got a context? How do you know that the way you speak isn't clear and precise when you're surrounded by people that speak so like roughly, you know, there, there's no eloquence, there's no structure. It's like, so, and it also reminds me of how much the environment must play such a fact. So again, it comes into developmental trauma, but how much that environment would have an impact on that and how much that would influence the person and, and the trauma would probably accumulate and manifest. And it um, kind of brings me to this next question is like, you've kind of talked about it, but I feel I'd be really interesting to hear what you say is like, what's a common thread you've noticed to the triggers of trauma? 
especially in the mentoring or especially in the breath work. So I want to ask a question later about breath work. So I think that's super important. But when when you're with um, through your mentoring or through your one-on-one coaching or even just through the breath workshops, like what's something you've noticed that is there? Do you tend to notice that there's a pattern that arises when when it triggers in people? I understand everyone is so different. However, I can't help but think there would be it would probably be a similar pattern because we are, we are all human. We all come from a similar DNA. So I imagine there would be a similarity. Like, do you find that there is a similarity there, a common thread? Yeah, totally, bro. The first thing that comes to mind, and like you said, everybody's different, but it's uh, when, when in relationship with another, like a man, let's yeah. say perhaps a man and woman, I, I don't have a lot of homosexual people around me to, to, to have asked them, but I, so I talk about man and woman, you know, and, because then it's, it's the biggest mirror and it can bring up the, the wounds the easiest because it's like, oh, yo, I just want to be loved. I just want to love you, you know, and it comes back to all those times where we didn't feel loved by our parents or, you know, that the, the parent forgot to pick us up from the, uh, the playpen when they came home from work and we felt abandoned or rejected, you know, whatever story it is, you know, it's, um, I, th- I think relationships are the best is the best example of where some an insecurity will come. It might be a sexual insecurity. It might be you're feeling like a beta male and your girlfriend's been with an alpha male before you, or you know, wh- whatever it is. And it's just going to bring up your own unworthiness. So what I find is unworthiness, not good enough, unlovable, are some of the, 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 the key, let's say the word or the doorway to look back back towards oneself and and so and i I can speak from it from experience having been in relationships where i felt unworthy i felt unlovable thought i was fucking not good enough and then i would like it would cause mayhem because then i didn't like the feelings generated me so this is the other part of, of the being in relationship is then if we project that onto our partner because of something we don't like or something we view our partner as somebody that they're not actually that but it's so real because it's still living inside the mind of the person who's doing that and it's still in the you know embedded in the psyche then you know it, it takes it takes work and it takes understanding to 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 withdraw that projection to withdraw that judgment and go now these are my own feelings actually this actually means something deeper than you having just left the fridge door open by accident you know what you know whatever it fucking is you know so sometimes it can be a bit more intensive you know like someone who's flirt, a woman's flirting with another guy or something you know that, that's a bit more you know there's there's room for for you to feel feel certain feelings for sure but that, that's what i found is definitely in relationships is um it's just a mirror of unresolved like attachment wounds to parents and whatever what other feelings that were unresolved and from childhood that that want to come up they want to be freed they want to be owned and then it takes the work of the person to be able to and the courage and the the maturity i would say for that person to then be able to turn around and own it and yeah so that, that that's one that's the one thing that came to mind when you asked it, it was like how, how how do you know if you don't if you don't know then you don't know and um that, that if you don't know that you don't know i'll tell you what as, as long as you start to ask questions and take responsibility at least you'll get the first layer i mean i've been doing this sort of work i'm by no means some enlightened guru or anything like that but i have been honest with myself for over a decade now and there's still things that i don't know that i don't know they kind of, <laughs> yeah, this means that i've got like i've got a personal joke with lots of my friends i'm like yeah yeah just dealt with this big fucking wall this big fuck that was the biggest biggest fucking mummy wound or whatever the fuck it was and then 
three or four days later, another <laughs> one comes up and I'm like, oh shit, that, that one that I just thought was the biggest thing ever was just small in comparison to this new wall that's coming up that I didn't know that I didn't know about. <laughs> I can so relate to that in terms yeah. of a relationship. Like, wow, when I, my last relationship, well, it's really the only proper relationship I've had. Um, yeah, she, she brought up so much. <laughs> like, oh my God, just, just resentment and these um, expectations, um, insecurity, like, yeah, I, I totally agree with that and understand how powerful it is because they literally are a mirror because obviously the fact that you're intimate with them, I think intimacy has such a key part to that because you're literally naked, but you're also naked metaphorically. You're, you're exposing yourself. Well, if, if you are really wanting a healthy relationship, in my opinion, you do want to expose yourself to an extent. You can't, I think there's a degree to like how much of a root structure you want to let out to someone. I feel there's a part that still needs to be in the ground, you know, that's kind of away from light, away from anyone. It's just there in the ground. I feel there's a point of that. But yeah, going through that, I can totally agree with that. And yeah, it's probably for the listener, I think, that, that could even just be like something just just for you if you're if you are in a position where you're in a relationship and a lot of resistance or expectations arise it's like man that might be something really beneficial to look into like just just ask yourself and tap and be like hey why am i getting so angry that example of opening leaving the fridge door open why does that piss me off when she does that or he does that like what the fuck he's just leaving the fridge door open i'm getting so angry at them that might be that might be a little little start so yeah um i kind of want to i don't want to take up too much of your time Stephen. um oh good bro we're good but, this. okay well great well we'll just we'll just keep flowing in but um i want to talk kind of kind of segue in a bit you mentioned it before about breath work because this was when i really started to notice um the work you were doing and the, you, you began facilitating these workshops um, and I'm aware because <clears throat> I've done a bit myself and people are probably aware of Birthrick through Z Wim Hof breeze motherfuckers that's how I remember old Wim Hof but um, how much that happens to bring up a lot of unresolved shit yeah. uh, what, what was it initially that led you to that and as you went through your first kind of initial breathworks, did that, was that really a moment for you where you're like, whoa, like I thought I knew some shit, but now I'm really opening up. Yeah, totally, bro. Um, the story of me getting in to breathwork was I was just about to come to Bali. Uh, this is 2017, yeah, August 2017. I spoke to my friend who was already living here. He had just done some breathwork training. And there's one thing he said to me that really stuck in my mind because I've been into spiritual healing modalities, you know, like Reiki and all this sort of stuff. I, I've, I've received these things. I've had profound, like unexplainable things happen, all these things. But that's not really the world I live in. You know, I live in like the normal world. I go watch UFC at a pub, watch people punch each other for money and stuff. I fucking love it. You know, so it's not, you know, like I feel like I've got people that I can get to. I'm very relatable to a certain type of people. So there's something he said, my bro Lucas, he was like, yeah, when people lie down and do a one-hour breathwork journey, they're actually, you're giving the power back to them because then they're healing themselves with their own breath. And that's what I liked. I was like, oh, fuck, that, that, that rings true to me. 
that that's something that I, I feel like I need to perhaps train into. So when I came to Bali, everything aligned, I trained in it. And yeah, you know, I had, I had some really profound experiences while I was doing my breathwork training because it was experiential. So we were doing, lying down doing the breathwork as well, as well as like then learning how to facilitate for people. And it just, yeah, it just brings things up to the surface, man, whether that's like an emotion that needs to be felt, like some crying or something or some anger, some some old anger. That That's when I, through my breathwork training is when I, I think it was like, I can't remember day three, day four, something like that, where I was like, a memory came up of my mum hitting me. You know, I always knew she hit, had hit me. I was like, okay, fuck, maybe that's just normal from 80s kids in West Auckland. You just get fucking hit by your parents. And mm. for me, for me personally, it had a lot of effect on me more than I had even known, you know? So one of the days I was like breathing and then I was like, Oh fuck. And I just screamed. I was like, fuck you. Don't ever touch me. So it was almost like, because I was frozen in time, that part of me that had been that part of, yeah, let's call it a part, but that five-year-old version of me, he was stuck in time still. That was still living in me. That's another way to look at trauma is like that emotional charge and that memory is just living. It's existing. It's just existing in me. So then for me, that was, that was really quite cathartic and healing for me just to be able to voice for that five-year-old, fuck you, don't ever fucking touch me like that. As I was breathing and just like screamed and let out the rage because I was a, you know, a young kid. I didn't know what to do with it. So I turned it all on myself, told myself I'm a bad kid, shamed myself for being hit, for being imperfect, let's say. But really, I didn't have the tools in order to be able to authentically express myself at that time. So therefore, this is one example. I like to use my own experiences as, as examples. And it's like, that's one way how breathwork can help is like to pull myself out of the past, pull yourself out of the past and say what you needed to say back then. You know, not a lot of people do a lot of talking through breathwork, but I've been in like a facilitator for fucking thousands of people. And there's some people just need to fucking yell and scream and for that time when they couldn't. You know, just it's got almost like, I don't believe anybody takes your power away, but yeah. perhaps things happen that you then shut your own power down, you know, in order to be liked and loved by this person who's fucking hurting you, but you need them. So therefore you act in a certain way so that, so that they can, you can still get what you need from them, like love, especially as like a little kid. So yeah, yeah. That, so coming back to what I like is that it's, it gives the power back to the person to be facilitated in a safe space, which I, I learned how to do very, very easily. And then they can have a direct experience of feeling things from the past, perhaps, or even like bringing in more of their future. It just depends where they're at. So it really opens up your body. It uh, opens up your energetic body as well and your meridian system as well. You know, where the emotional body where all these things are just stored. They don't go away. And unfortunately, we haven't been educated on this stuff because you can't see it in three-dimensional and in the three-dimensional. So therefore, it doesn't exist, apparently. Emotions, don't, meridians don't exist. What are emotions? You can't fucking see them. So they don't, you know, whatever. It's like, well, this shit gets fucking stuck in you. You can't see it, but your mind fucking knows. So breath works a good way. It, like it, it, it oxygenates your blood. to kind of takes out the carbon dioxide. It takes you into a bit of a fight or flight response. Yeah. And it's in that place where the body's like kind of freaks out a little bit, but in a safe way. And then it's like, boom, these memories just want to come up or things will come up. Emotion, like I say, emotions, memories, blah, blah, blah. And then it just wants to be expressed. The body wants to become whole, wants to become whole again because it's all stored in the body. And as yes, really powerful stuff. So it's similar to the Wim Hof, but he counts the, he does like a 30 count, then you hold. Whereas this, you, you breathe with the mouth open. There's different ways of doing it. There's rebirthing where it's in and out the nose. The one I teach is 
biodynamic breath work or like similar to holotropic breath work where you breathe in and out your mouth over and over circular connected breathing and you do it for about 50 minutes 50 minutes to an hour continuously wow. yeah so it's intense bro so it's a workout i haven't done i haven't done <coughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go. Yeah, no, you're right, bro. Yeah, so, so it's intense. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But it's worth it. It's a workout in a way. But it's also like if you're in a safe space, then it's a, it's, a, it's a chance to feel. It's a chance to go beyond the conscious mind, the ego, which is protecting all those things from the past because you don't want to feel it because we don't know how to because it's scary. You know, we didn't have the tools. So breath works a way of getting past that and going into the body, into the unconscious mind and lifting things up that are ready to come up and yeah it's, it's a really really powerful healing modality is practical as well very yeah. like you know you get you can you can offer it to anyone you know as long as they're fit and healthy and able to because it's like you know it's better than saying hey let me let me place my hands on you and let some golden light come out of my hands and heal your chakras and it's like no nah, no nah, this is you lay down and breathe and this you will get some sort of result at the end generally if you stay with it so that's why i like it because it's, i feel like i'm a bridge between the spiritual world and to the let's say the world that's not spiritual that also needs healing and understanding coaching breathwork and stuff so it's practical there's a whole science behind it as well and yeah just seeing so many people walk away from a workshop of how to co-facilitate it with friends and i'm just like they're just a different person you know because they've let go of something that was like they're dictating their reality without knowing so that's a good that's a good breath work's a good way to get into the you don't know what you don't know yeah i was just about to say yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's um it reminds me like a little bit of um how important meditation is and i can't help but think that well there is because it's both breath but how that could almost be a stepping stone like meditation because when i sit down and meditate it's all through my nose however there's moments when I go through it, I'm like, shit comes up, absolutely. But it's not as intensive uh, yeah. with this biodynamic breathing. It's obviously a lot more intensive. Eh? So your body's almost the, the what, what's the state? It's the um, the sympathetic nervous system, right? Would be in that, the fight, as you said, the fight or flight yeah. response. So that's what it's, you're basically stimulating that in the nervous system. And then through that, you're going to probably bring up so, so this is probably the, going back to the um, gazelle. It's almost analogous to that, that it's kind of bringing up the shaking. It's like, okay, well, here's this for you to encounter when you're in the... <gasps> and it's like, oh, that kind of, in my head, that kind of makes sense that there's that correlation uh, right there. Totally, yeah. bro. You, you just nailed it. That's exactly right. You know, a really good breathwork session is when someone does tremor, when their body tremors and they shake towards mm -hmm. the end because now what's happened is you're you know all the all the traumas all the memories that they're, they're basically held in the sympathetic nervous system or well, the sympathetic nervous system is with your fight flight response so when something shitty happens in life what do you want to do fight flight or freeze you know pretty much uh, if it's something you can fight against your will if you need to freeze you will or if you need to flee you will you need to you know either run fight or freeze um so that's all to do with the sympathetic nervous system. So therefore, you know, if you do some breathing and you're you're you feel safe enough, you're ready enough, then it will start to discharge. It's called a discharge or discharge the these this the charge that's been left in your nervous system that just then created a distortion in your mind and your body and everything. So you get a tense body, your body's tensed up in a certain way. So if you breathe, you unlock it. And therefore, there's going to be perhaps some sort of reaction. It can be some crying. It can be a bit of shaking, tremoring, you know, like tremoring out of the nervous system, or it can be a bit of movement. Or some people just lay there and they just, 
sometimes I thought, fuck, these, nothing's happened to this person. They've just laid there the whole time still. And then they come out and was, I just had the most profound fucking thing happen. I'm like, wow. Man. That's what I love about breath workers because I can't control the outcome, but I know how to keep people safe. You know, that, that's the... That's the main thing. So yeah, you're, you're right on the money, bro, with the sympathetic nervous system, discharging, feeling safe enough to discharge the charge out of the sympathetic nervous system. Mm. Wow. So so this this offering, I had a little look on your website. Um, looks real nice, by the way, bro. Um, uh, the, you're now offering, like you, you had the breath work, but you've also got the one-on-one men's, uh, what, sorry, not men's, just mentoring in general. Yeah. Um, was that something that is, is a new implementation to your services? Because had you done that prior, or were you mainly focused on around mainly around um, workshops and breath workshops, and then that kind of progress into this? Yeah, no, they kind of started at the same time. I was doing both. I, I just didn't place a because I the breath work was doing really well, and I quite liked the in person stuff. There was a lot of flow there. I was like, yeah, this is great. You know, I still had like one on one clients. But it's, I was just following the flow of like, it was getting into before the pandemic hit, I was like getting into flow of every four months, I'll come back to New Zealand and Melbourne and facilitate, you know, whether it's festivals or, you know, at my own workshops or I'd hire a yoga space and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, now we're, we're a bit of an online world now as well. I can't travel as much. And I've found a lot of passion more so in my breathwork workshops. My passion is actually working one-on-one with people. I fucking enjoy it actually. You know, like I've, come a long way within my own self man i've got a long way to go perhaps is perhaps there's no end perhaps there's no gauge of how far i've come but i've got some skills i've been through some shit i've overcome some shit and then i like to help people through similar similar experiences or scenarios and build a solid foundation for them to look at their shit get their values in check and then have me hold them accountable, love them in that container so they know they're backed up and guided. And then they go off and try new behaviors out, challenge the old ones, let go of shit. You know, so I, I use a combination of coaching and breath works. So I do online breath works as well, which is just as effective. And yeah, it's really, really, really rewarding. I, I really fucking enjoy it. That's, I'll probably, I'll probably always, you know, do breathwork workshops, but I, I love putting my focus into the one-on-one stuff now. It's just a bit more personal and get to spend more time with someone and really help them coach the answers out of them as opposed to, you know, I can help people get, offer advice and all the rest of it, but it's like, you fucking already know what you need to do. I'm just going to mirror some stuff back to you that you can't quite see yet. And then, yeah, yeah and then see if that resonates and then you can take action from there and I'm going to hold you accountable to that. And if it's uncomfortable, fucking good, because (laughs) I'm here to back you and I want you to be free and you've come to me because you want to be free. So let's fucking do it. (laughs) Yeah. And I do that in a very kind, loving way, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it brings up, that just brings up because in my my studies at the moment, something I came across is heal yourself by yourself. And what you just said is like, what are you doing that you know you shouldn't be doing and what are you not doing that you know you should be doing? Yeah. So that just kind of really reminds me of that is how important it is to know. Like, you know, you know, like you you know when you know what you're doing is like, that is, isn't congruent <laughs> with where you want to be. It's, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then that kind of comes back to the whole process of like the trauma and the mirror and the values. It's also interconnected and holistically linked like so important i also um want to talk about how much you think um diet 
and how important diet is. When I say diet, I mean in terms of nutritional, the foods you're eating in the water. Um, hey, water, water, I think, is a, a given. But when it comes to nutrients and nutrition, how much that plays in and in your mentoring, is that something that do you round, do you kind of explore in that realm or is it more only focused on the inner energetics? How, how much does that correlate in your workings and how much do you think it is interconnected? So, what, yeah, good, good question, bro. So what, what I do is I, I don't focus a lot on diet, but what I do is I ask them certain questions. What's your assets and your liabilities within certain areas of their life? And I go, what are you doing? You know, like habits, behaviors, people in your life. And what, what's, what's going on that's not helping you right now? You know, and they might say, oh, I've been smoking a lot, Loz. And I'm not, I'm not just going to sit there, oh, just fucking stop, bro. You know, it's more like, well, can you start to see how much is affecting you? Can you bring in some sort of new activity or behavior? Or can you start to slow it down? And same with food. You know, it hasn't really come up for me too much. And, um, you know, if they, if they want to talk about it, we will. But I, I do check in. I go, you know, how, how are you looking after yourself? How do you look after yourself? Are you looking after yourself? But I like, I'd like to think that if they wanted to work on that, they'd ask me about it, then I can, I can dive deep with them into that. But it's something I do encourage. And yet, you know, like sometimes people come to me for one specific area of their life, and then we just go deep into that. And that's, you know, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the type of guy to sit there and make someone, if they're okay with what, if they're eating shit food and they're not, it's not affecting what we're doing, then I'm not going to fucking go ahead and go like point the finger and say, yo, this is, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. That's not my approach. I mean, I'm all for encouragements and I encourage the fuck out of all my clients just to, you know, do, do what they need to do. And like, can you live a bit, you know, cleaner or this or that, but unless they really deeply ask me, then I'd, I, I won't go into it just to make, you know, generally they come to me with, you know, an issue that's they're already having a hard time about. But I do highly like I, I believe in it for sure. It's something I live by eating good food and live by live, lead by example in that way as well. Yeah, beautiful. And your website at stephenjtodd.com. Yeah, stephenjtodd.com. S T E V E N J, just the letter J. Yeah. Todd, T O D D dot com. Great. I'll add a link to that because yeah, I think people will be really um, wise if those that are listening are willing personally i would um and you said you offer online i'm even dude i'm gonna hit you up i'd love to do an online brief session brief I'm, gonna, session. I'm gonna take you through one actually i i want to i want you to be able to experience it because i what what i what i like about you bro and what i've always liked about you is you're such a wise gifted young man bro and i really feel like you've got this energy and this oh, what's just you're like this portal, bro, that you can just bring through this channel to, to share with people that will really resonate with you. And I feel like there's people that I, they probably wouldn't listen to me, but they'd listen to you, perhaps. So I'd like for you to have that experience. So I'll take you through one in the next couple of weeks. Oh, I'd love that, bro. Thank you so much. So you can just spread the, spread the vibes and tell people about it, you know, no, not, not to make them want to buy my shit, but just so they know, it, so they're aware of it because it's becoming more popular and it's, it's needed for sure, you know, because it's for it's for everyone. Uh, not pregnant women. Pregnant women don't do breath work. <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation mark. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. I've got that all over my disclaimers. If you're going to come to my workshops, don't fucking turn up pregnant, please, because I'm not going to be held responsible for that if something happens. And oh, no, uh, very, very clear on that. 
So yeah, I'll take you through one in the next couple of weeks, bro. Just stay in touch and we'll, um, so you can have the experience of what, what it's really like. It's like a one hour journey and yeah, I believe you'll get a lot from it, especially because you're already really tapped in. So it's, it just might clear some stuff from your body so you can become more of who you are. I think that's what we're here in this world to do is just become who we truly are, open our hearts up and become and share our gifts with the world by becoming who we truly are, not what who we think we are. Beautiful. Well, I mean, like, in all honesty, I don't think we could, yeah, say much more because I've actually... Got to go to dinner now in this time. Uh, all good, brother. All good. So there's um, a good hour and a half. That's, that's this, a yeah. good quote at all. Yeah, beautiful, Stephen. Um, yeah, I guess you gave your link. Uh, so I'll definitely share that in your Instagram Instagram handle. Yeah, Stephen Joseph Todd. Yeah, if, you, if you're interested, follow me on there. I always do some like immature things on my stories and yeah real i'm not just mr fucking trauma and coach guy it's like, that's oh, it, hey, that's it. <laughs> yeah that's it people like that that's today i think it yeah. kind of goes back to it hey. you know there's the seriousness but you also need the fun you also need the yeah. humaneness humanness you need the child you need that yeah. <laughs> you need the mischievous little wanderer that likes to just like he, he likes to test you know, it likes to test the waters. I still do. Yeah, bro. There's something innately in me, and I think that's the ultimate truth. Like, just to kind of close it off yep. for the listener and even myself for this process to begin, because I imagine those that are listening are willing to even begin this process. What would be, like, a real good kind of starting point for people to begin this process of really – owning and coming into their power to really come in to their being and who they are and what it is they're here to offer the world like really what would be a good good starting point so yeah good question Brian. i think the main thing is to surround yourself with people who are already on that path or who, who are at least asking questions if you've got a whole bunch of people around you that are perhaps kind of toxic or you know like perpetuating the same cycles that you want to get out of then you need to move away or at least find some alternatives, some other people to be around. Uh, read some books, open your mind. Um, for if you're a man, or perhaps there's women's groups too, find yourself a men's group where there's a whole bunch of other men that sit in circle and talk about shit, you know, vulnerable stuff at times and are willing to open themselves up. Get yourself inspired by being around people that are already on the path or willing to go that route and just ask life turn around and ask God or whatever universe, whatever name you want to call us, like, yo, I want to fucking change, man. And look for the signs. They're always there. If you're willing and determined and you're ready, the doors will fucking open. I promise you that. I mean, coming from how I felt about myself and how I would act and react in the world. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. And that's not to make me some special guy, but it's like, well, fuck it, man. You know, like if, if, if I knew, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about this world and then I just I I had determination and the the willingness to to change and it will it will happen but you got to really stick to it you got to have persistence and dedication because you are your own biggest project at the end of the day I love you brother love you I too brother really grateful and I look forward to um, connecting with you on flesh bro yeah like, when that day comes <laughs> Bro, uh, uh, yeah, and when it will come, I look forward yeah. to it, brother. Me too. I appreciate you, Stephen, and I'll, I'll share all the links uh, and all that good stuff. And who knows, we could maybe um, 
we can maybe like create some sort of code. I don't know if that if that aligns for you for the listener, you know, but we'll talk about that offline. Yeah, um, sure, you know, because any anything that we can reciprocate and and that's what it's all about, really. Fundamentally, we just all want to go on this path um, and really live our true our true purpose. Like I think for me in my heart, that's what resonates the most. Really live in your true purpose because we all have a purpose. Nature doesn't just accidentally birth this being or a plant or it's nothing's accident. So yeah. Blessings, brother. Yeah. Good shit. Peace, brother. Peace. How did we go? How was that? Did you feel triggered? Did you feel uncomfortable? Did you feel fulfilled? Did you feel like you learned something? All those emotions and all those states are quite valuable and they kind of give a bit of insight as to where you're at and where you feel you could get to. I know for me, I got a bit provoked and a bit uncomfortable during that conversation. A lot of, a lot of mirrors uh, really started to show themselves and a lot of things uh, arose and emerged. But that's all part of it and that's all part of this process, you know, we're all learning and all growing. Yeah, so regarding Stephen Todd, as, as we went through, it's um, his Instagram and his website. I'll provide links to that for anyone that's curious and for anyone that's willing to make some change or anyone that's just simply wanting to follow up and put a picture to the man. Anyone that wants to see his tattoos, because, yeah, <laughs> I'd recommend you get a look of old Stephen because yeah he's he's quite uh, yeah, presentable let's put it that way <laughs> anyway um, thanks for tuning in thanks for uh, popping by and listening to the man himself Stephen Todd and my ramblings oh as I said in the intro, I'll be continuing to produce these and putting these out. I ain't stopping now. This is the third one down and many, many more to come. So tune in, share these. It'll mean the world to me and it helps with the algorithms and it allows it to get pushed to more people, more listeners, which is a lot big part of my intentions for this. You know, I want to try to promote these amazing people that I managed to get my hands on and yeah give them to the world and I'm making an effort to formulate an open discussion where we can navigate and explore ideas and concepts so yeah that's all for this week um, or this month I should say because these are monthly for now so yeah just any questions or any recommendations or any critiques just hit my line uh, like and share on apple podcasts or even through spotify share on the social media platforms um, and yeah love ya stay up stay looking at yourself in the mirror and yeah just remember that you are 
perfect the way you are and no one's broken but we can all do with some fixing so yeah peace and love and until next time